Hello, and welcome to Plot Trusts. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Dreaming of a Duke Like You by Sarah Bennett. This was just published in 2023 and is the first book in the Duke of Grantham series. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary arc for this review. All right, should we just dive right in, Lane? Sure. Raised in a foundling home and now proprietor of a successful club, Gabriel Kadia hasn't ever been welcomed by polite society. But when he discovers he's the legitimate heir to a dukedom, he must make a choice. Accept the debt-ridden title and the trappings of the peerage who shunned him or decline and leave his six rebellious half-sisters to fend for themselves. As much as he hates the idea, Gabriel can abandon his siblings, even if it means making a deal with the most frustrating and aggravatingly beautiful woman he's ever met. Vivian Tremere storms into Cadio's club with one thing on her mind, get the loathsome owner to discharge her brother's gambling debts. So when Gabriel offers her a trade, if she'll teach his wild sisters the ways of the ton, he'll clear the notes, she has no choice but to accept. But with her reputation already on a knife's edge, falling for the Duke could cause the scandal of the season. Okay, really missed out on um, an opportunity here because this book should have been called The Scandal of the Season if you're going to end it like that, and it should have been capitalized. Meg, you're fucking brilliant. <laughs> I just read a lot of romance, okay? Speaking of the natural neural network. What do you think about this jacket, Meg? <laughs> this jacket was impossible to read, so I don't know. It, it's it, other than I don't know. Okay. I I. What do I think about this jacket? Um, it was really hard to read it, <laughs> and it has a part in it that I want to talk about later. Okay. That you have pointed out as well. Um. In your notes. So I just want to state for the record before we get into that conversation. I don't read the jackets before we record 99% of the time. So when I go to read these out loud, that is the first time I'm seeing them. Did you read it this time? No. Okay. That's that. I was like, oh, is she going to tell me that she actually read it this time? And so. No. And honestly, that 1% is like when we do Amelia Peabody and work Hosigan and like the Sarah J Mosses and like the stuff I sort of read on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Before we recorded, in those cases, I've often seen and read the book jacket ahead of time. But for most of the romance novels, especially the ones we get arcs of, I have never seen the jacket. Yeah. All right. Well, as usual, we generated a random number between 1 and 50. For this episode, that number was 12. Then we wrote our own summaries using that number as a, as a word count. Yeah. So, Lane? Vivian is taking care of everyone. Can Gabriel take care of her? Oh, I liked it. That's In a good bed. one. I liked it. Very good. Here's here's mine. Besides the whole heir to a dukedom thing, this was low key fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually I quite enjoyed this book. Uh I really enjoyed how like low-key it was like I didn't feel like stressed out or like angsty or anything like that like mm -hmm. I didn't feel like 
I don't know, stressed out reading the book. Um, but I, I did enjoy that the very beginning, he's like, yes, I'm a successful club owner. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I came from a foundling home. And then he's super rich. But guess what, guys? Or should I say, guess what, girls? He's also is a duke <laughs> i also loved the change of fortunes and this might be the first time i've ever seen this employed exactly in this way he's a wealthy gambling club owner who inherits an impoverished dukedom yep. and it's never stated exactly like where his personal fortunes and the dukedom intersect and, and the degree to which his personal fortunes are rescuing the dukedom but it's very clear that whatever the situation is, the amount of money he's bringing into the dukedom is insufficient. Yep. That like the dukedom needs to be run differently. So I thought it was funny that it was like a rags to riches to rags, but posh. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Actually. I, I, there were a lot of things I really appreciated about this book. I, I think it's, it's very solid historical romance. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So. All right, so tropes. <laughs> yes. So as the book jacket says, they meet because her brother is in debt to him. She goes to try to clear the debts. I feel like in a angstier or like more erotic historical romance, he'd be like, okay, one night with me and then we'll clear the debts. And he's like, don't even try to offer your body to me, girl. Get out of here. <laughs> And she says, not even if you were the last man on earth. It was great. It was really that, fun. That's the meat cue. So, but it also establishes sort of the beginning of the book is a little bit, they're on very opposite sides. She's desperate to get his brother, her brother's debts forgiven. And he's one, not interested in forgiving debts, period. But two, almost immediately wrapped up in the oh shit, I'm a Duke part. Yeah. Well, and also he's like, <laughs> this is I I he's very paternal. Yes. Um to his half sisters, but also to her younger brother. So like even from the beginning, he's like, Well, if I forgive his debts, he's not gonna learn a lesson. Right. <laughs> it's not like it's not like he needs the money. He's just like, oh, like this kid, he's never gonna learn if he hides behind his his sister's skirts, you know. Right. Which I, I don't disagree with Gabriel. No, but I think the difference here is the consequences of his actions aren't just he learns a lesson or he doesn't. Like, other people get hurt Yep. if he can't come up with the money. And it's a question of, like, are you going to force those other people to pay the cost of his lesson? Yeah, well, Gabriel has to struggle with that as well. Yes. And he does come up with a solution, so you know what? Maybe he's a big softie. Did um, it. <laughs> he's a gambling hell owner, which is absolutely a trope. Absolutely. He is an unexpected heir. Yes. In like more ways than one. <laughs> oh my God. This was, this was intense. You guys, this was like, this is why I put it in my summary because like, honestly, this was a, this was like almost a comfort read except for like the weird shit that happened to him as a kid. And as, as you know, growing up and as this unexpected heir. I didn't want this to be an angstier book, but man, did I think some of the stuff about how he was treated as a kid and that what that meant about his relationships now as an adult was underdeveloped mm, Yep. in the name of keeping it fun. You're not wrong. 
Let's so he, what he's inherited and along with this impoverished dukedom is a big, crazy family. Yeah. Six sisters between the ages of five and 20. Yep. And not only does he need propriety lessons, but so do his sisters, which I thought was an interesting. It's not a twist because we do see this in other romances as well, where you kind of inherit the family and you need, you know, your wards or whatever. But in this case, he was legitimized. His half sisters were delegitimized mm -hmm. at the same time, right? And so these poor girls have been neglected by their parents, and now they don't even have like courtesy titles any longer. Right. So I thought it was, I actually thought this was a really interesting take on it. Yeah. And it had the fun deadline of while his grandma's out of town before his sister's debut ball. So it sort of added some urgency to the whole thing that wasn't necessarily inherent. Mm -hmm. And at first he's just, he's not even going to accept this dukedom, which look, I've read Lisa Clavis. I know you can't turn down a dukedom. So good try Gabriel, but mm -hmm. he didn't want to accept it. But you know, the youngest of his sisters is five years old and she's just so sweet and cute and precocious and he just can't leave her to, you know, throw her to the wolves. She is precocious as hell. <laughs> yeah. Her, it is a plot point. Yeah. The thing she inserts herself in. Oh, absolutely. I did not hate it. What did you think of it? I could have done without it, but I didn't hate it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, like, it wasn't a highlight of the book, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, just to give you a little bit more backstory into Gabriel, he is the guy who has a standing appointment at a brothel rather than have emotional intimacy with any woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she is, oh, well, uh, let's just say that they have goodbye sex. It's not secret goodbye sex. It's explicit goodbye sex. Yeah, it's the we've decided that this couldn't work for X, Y, Z reason. So while we're forced together right now, let's make the most of it. Mm hmm. <sighs> um, she is living with a resentful relative and so is he his grandma oh yeah but in a different she way also sort of got him inherited she's resentful that he's not kowtowing to her yeah not that he exists she's living with an aunt who took her and her brother in out of charity but doesn't let them forget it and doesn't treat them like they're actually welcome there and I, this isn't, like, it is a trope, but I thought it was well done here. Yeah. Like, it, it, it On yeah. her side. The shit with him and his grandma falls under the underdeveloped in a way that could have frustrated me, but I was just glad I didn't have to be sad all the time. We gotta talk about that, too, because. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh my god, and his stepmother. Yeah. Yeah. That's some messed up shit. Messed yeah. Um, okay. Oh, and she's a secret author, Lane. I wanted that to do more things, but just I mean, for the fun of it, not because yeah. I actually needed to. I mean, I did too. I wanted her to, she had like plenty, she had a fair amount of money for, you know, based on her earnings as an author. But yeah, it would have been nice if she was like, I can be an independent woman. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Or even just like, wow, so many of my problems revolve around money and I have this way to have a more steady income. Maybe consider it. I don't know, girl. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the book. Uh, we've already both said that we we quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't I don't think we would say that this is like a new favorite author, a new favorite book. But 
I had a lot of fun reading this book. There wasn't a time that I was like, ugh, you know, I wasn't bored. I didn't want to put it down. I was a little bored in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like, to me, the I really enjoyed this except for two things. But if I'm honest, they were pretty huge things. Let's talk about the first thing. So the first thing is the pacing. Mm-hmm. So the book jacket's really explicit about the fact that she's giving him and his sisters lessons. But again, I didn't read the jacket. However, from about the 15% mark of the book onward, he's thinking about how great it would be if there was a real teacher for his sisters. And her cousin suggests that she try to tutor his sisters. And it's like, all of these people are alluding to it. It really obviously needs to happen. But it doesn't happen until the 50% mark. And they don't spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple of scenes, but, like, literally they encounter each other in public, like, three times. And that's the extent of their interaction prior to this agreement. And I really did, like, find myself, like, clicking really fast through pages, being like, when are we going to get to this part where they're spending time together, working together, as opposed to, like, fighting at balls and then not speaking for weeks? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that was the thing. I, I was actually, like, chatting with another book friend, and I, um, I was like, hey, I was like... <laughs> This is a pretty slow burn. The whole setup, according to Jacket, she's going to help his sisters get ready for their debuts. But I'm at 50% and he only just made the proposition to her. So like up until fifth, like halfway through this book. It, it like, kind of has no setup other than yeah. she's like her family is indebted to him and he's stressed out being a duke. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, they are they're not together. Like they're apart for most right. of this. Like. For all of it. Yeah. You have her interacting with the family who doesn't like her very much and the one cousin who does and dealing with, you know, the brother and he's dealing with his six sisters and his grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it wasn't bad. Like, no. that's the thing. The stuff that was on the page, her family dynamics, his family dynamics was largely entertaining. Mm-hmm. But this is a romance novel and it was very, like, it felt like filler. Right. Yeah. And that filler before the plot really gets started is kind of weird. Well, and to have it be half of the book. Yes. So. So that was that was my gripe number one. Yeah. And it's, I mean, when I was reading Lane's notes, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Because to me, I was like, oh, am I just, am I just waiting for this to happen because I knew it was going to happen? Because I read the book jacket? Or is this really, like, is this my expectations coming into play? Or is this really how I feel about the book? Seems like that you're going to feel this way no matter what you think is going to happen. Well, you're waiting for something to happen to force them together. And so many characters are alluding to the fact that it's going to be his unpolished sisters. Right. Right. So, yeah. What else did you not like? So the second thing I didn't like. There are a lot of shitty male tertiary characters that don't do a lot for the plot and that don't feel like they get closure. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of felt redundant. So, like, her brother has a friend who's a bad influence who just sort of exists in the background to be the idea of a bad influence, but he gets Mm -hmm. mentioned by name several times. I was expecting him to be in league with their stepfather right their stepfather is a shitty generic dude who's like barely on the page other than to like kind of fuck around in the background 
Um, there's a guy who compromised her, but didn't do anything other than fail to wake her up. We'll have and to talk about that, too. He's, like, kind of garbagey and shows up at the end to, like, try to force her hand when she's very clear that she does not want him. Mm-hmm. And there's a rival gambling hell owner who makes rude comments about her being someone's mistress to Gabriel and then, like, kind of Im- makes improper overtures to her in public at several points throughout the book. And, like, other than him never getting his hell back, he just sort of continues to be a sex pest in society. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just, there's a lot of sucky male tertiary characters who, like, don't get any comeuppance. Yeah. And they, and they, there were too many of them named that took up page time for them to never really be important. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I hear you. I kept waiting for there to be some grand conspiracy of shitty men. Yeah, but, yeah, but no. Yeah, and I I felt the same way about her cousin, actually. Not that she was shitty, but the fact is, you know, she had a cousin who loved, you know, really liked her, really appreciated her staying with them. She would confide um, her struggles in her love life with her. It seemed like there was going to be a B-plot romance that didn't go anywhere. Like, there were a lot of secondary or tertiary characters who, you're right, just didn't get a lot of development. And at that point, you're kind of like, okay, why... Why are they here then? And I think for the cousin, I was expecting it to be tied into the book stuff. Right. Me too. That never materialized. Yeah. His sisters, on the other hand, I did think the ones, they were relatively well fleshed out for having five sisters. Six. He had six sisters. Excuse me. For having so many sisters. There you go. You know, I I, I do, like, we knew the ones that we needed to know. And... We knew the other ones existed, but we didn't we didn't need to have that much of them. So I thought that was well done. Yeah. For example. Like so that's the thing, is like she knows how to do these secondary characters that we don't need to know, right? But there were just a lot of secondary characters, and given how much of the first part of the book was like waiting for the plot to start. The fact that so much of the second half of the book was what these randos were doing. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about grandma because this bitch was the worst. Yeah. That's uh, one way to put it. Yeah. She didn't. She got, I don't even know if it was a redemption arc, but she was not treated in my mind the way she should have been. This book got a little bit like Blood Will Tell. Yeah. In a way I don't like. Yeah. In that, like, Grandma did it all for the good of the family. But what she did for the good of the family was abandon her grandchild. Right. And he said, but, like, the moral of the story ended up being, like, well, it all worked out for the best. But. And, like, I, I don't fucking know. It didn't make sense. I did. So there was one thing that I did kind of laugh about. All of the girls apparently have female versions of male names, but also they were just girl names. They're just names. Also, what was Olivia's name? Oliver. Oh, okay. That's the thing. Oliver, Olivia, Roberta, Robert, right? Like, Georgina. Like Justina was the only one that I was like, LOL, okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, 
I don't know. I was like, these are just names. Right. No, like these are just names. It wouldn't have stuck out to me to ask why they all have feminized male names in the way that he immediately did. Yeah. If they all had male names, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that is weird. Like, this is George, Lady George. <laughs> Lady Robert. Okay. That would have been kind of interesting for the time. Right. But anyway, whatever. Um, basically, I, I did think that Grandma... She wasn't really redeemed, I wouldn't say, but she also wasn't like I, I was waiting for him to like banish her to right, same. the country estate forever. And then the stepmother was like so depressed that she wouldn't get out of her bed. She and was just never like, on the page. Yeah, they were like, Oh, you know, she just suffers from melancholia. And I'm like, Okay, like that's kind of messed up. Is anyone gonna go check on her? I know. I was like, you know. I get that she, you know, I don't know. I, it it was it was interesting. That said, look, I know we're being kind of hard on this book. I I had a fun time reading it. I enjoyed it. Well, that's because we just went over the two things that pissed me off, and then <laughs> the whole his grandma was probably a terrible person thing. Grandma, yeah. Uh, but like the rest of it. So basically, this book falls into. I feel like there's a genre of historical romance that's focused on how important reputation is in the era. Mm -hmm. um, there are other books that like it's kind it's part of the book, but it's not the major part of the book. I and missed not... such an opportunity to make my summary a quote from Taylor Swift's reputation. You did. You missed an opportunity, Link. Fuck. Sorry. Can't go back now. Can't go back. <laughs> but um what was I gonna say now? Oh yeah. So uh so the basically genre is focused on reputation in the era yeah and i feel like this i feel like this is um almost part of like a traditional regency right mm -hmm. where there's not going to be explicit sex and it's just really important to have this like courtship on the page and the courtship is part of the family dynamic and things like that um maybe even going back to georgette Hare a little bit uh, and it's it's sort of this more traditional part of it. And, you know, like, oh, you're walking out in the garden with a man. Well, now you're ruined. Um, some books really, really push that. And this is one of those books that really pushes that. So mm -hmm. she's been ruined because she went to visit a tenant farmer on her estate. Uh, brought the family some, you know, charity food the way, you know, aristocratic families do. And then started to rain she wanted to go home and on the way home the cart broke and so they went to an inn where they spent the night in the common room like not even in a room mm -hmm. she fell asleep like in a chair mm -hmm. and then the next day she woke up and she was like oh my god i'm in an inn what's going on and she ran outside and the vicar was driving by and after that her reputation was ruined and it wasn't helped by the fact that her stepfather viewed it as an opportunity to be like, oh, if I can marry her off and take her money. Mm -hmm. So he, like, spread the rumor, essentially, rather right. than helping her avoid it. But this leads us a little bit into, I think, content warnings. Yes. Because there's a lot of really stupid emphasis on like being a fallen woman and what that means right 
So, like, he has these thoughts when he first meets her that he's like, you know, like, he still is going to fall in love with her, but he thinks that she's actually ruined herself. And he's, like, disappointed that she would have done that. I don't recall that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. There's this point where he was like, oh, I wouldn't have pegged her as a woman to to do something like that. But, uh, you know, men will lead women astray, you know. And he is like, oh, who was the bastard who would do that to her? But there was this one moment where he was like, hmm, she doesn't seem like the kind of, you know, she doesn't seem like a slut, but I guess she is. He didn't say slut. That was just me reading into what he said. <laughs> he didn't actually say that. Or think that. And he fell in love with her, even thinking that she did spend the night with this other dude. But when she explains it, he's like, oh, she's my virgin bride, you know. There's just a lot of, like, purity culture beyond just that, though. Yeah. Totally. The aunt and what she views propriety to mean, you know, essentially every time Vivian sneaks out to go try to help her brother, it's presented as, like, a risk to her reputation more than, like, a dangerous thing for a woman to be doing going out alone at night. And a lot of the conversations she has with his sisters are sort of about propriety. There's a moment where his sis, one of his sisters is caught in a compromising position. It just, it's a real through line how quick men will be to judge women. Mm-hmm. And that includes the man who spent the night in the common room of the inn with her thinking he now has a right to her and one that he is like willing to force on her and not take no for an answer. This competing gambling hell owner, there are some comments made about, like, essentially how their stepfather and his friends now kind of think it's a good idea to ruin her. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of, like, men being an active threat to women's reputation. Right. I think almost more than men being a threat to women's autonomy actual bodily autonomy like, yeah. so it just it put emphasis in all of the wrong places in my right. mind right again i really liked this book but like it just left me feeling squicky and not because like the time was squicky yeah and i think for me honestly this is a point where a more explicit book that showed her embracing her sexuality more fully would have done something to counterbalance all of that societal bullshit for me and what felt to, in some ways like the author's moralizing mm. because then if you see her enjoying herself and her body and sex out of wedlock unabashedly it would be like okay so the author's not criticizing her it's she's making a commentary on the time so the fact that when we get to sexiness there wasn't much of it like sort of made me go oh maybe this is a commentary on chastity yeah yeah, no, yeah, the sexiness, like, it's it, this is not technically a closed-door romance, but it's very euphemistic sex, and... And it fades to black once they both get naked, but before anything really happens. But, and, and it's not until, like, 90%. Yeah. The and they're still not on the same page at that point. No. It's still goodbye sex. Yeah, it's goodbye sex. At 90%, guys. <laughs> so this, I think it's fair to say this is a slow burn since the first 50% of the book, they're not, you know, Proximate. talking. <laughs> 
And then the second half of the book, they don't, you know, they have a couple of kisses. And then they finally end up having sex at 90%. So I, I really was, he was an interesting character. I had expected him. So he was interesting because he, in my mind, because he was very confident in his place in the world when he was the gambling hill owner and then becoming a Duke, he was not one of those romance heroes. Who's just like, I'm the best no matter what. Right. Well, in a weird way, I think he did a good job balancing his own instincts for the better, along with recognizing there were people in his orbit who knew more than him. Like, yeah. he was willing to be humble, even with his grandmother, who certainly didn't deserve it. Right. So that's, I I did really like him as a as a character in that way, that you know, he's now not confident and he recognizes that this is not an environment where I am the expert and I need right. to take advice from other people. And of course that, that is, that does contribute to the conflict. So in that way, I thought the conflict was, was, was well done. Right. So anyway, yeah, I enjoyed this one. I had a fun time reading it. I think, is this like a first book or just the first book in a series? Just the first in a series. I thought there was a lot of promise here. Mm -hmm. I thought there were moments in this book where the characters were legitimately funny, not just mm -hmm. trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. I thought their motivations were both believable and complicated. Mm -hmm. I liked them both as yep. people. And I know like that's, I, I don't say that about a ton of romance novel couples. I don't have to, as long as I like them together. Yeah. Or I like the plot. Like, if I don't get attached to them individually, that can be fine. But I, right. I did genuinely like both of them and found parts of their tropey existences pretty unique. There were parts of this I really, really, really enjoyed. I just wish the first 50% of the book had been 25%. Yes. And then there had been more sex. Yep. I, and, or I less moralizing about chastity. I agree with you. I agree with you. I totally agree. Anyway, thanks, guys, for listening to us chat about this book. <laughs>